This episode of the All the Good Names Are Taken podcast has been brought to you by Nobody because we are broke. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Recently, I decided to undergo an extreme physical transformation. No, not surgery to get a bigger butt or anything else for that matter. And it wasn't to alter my face, although some would say I'm very ugly and could use it. And finally, it wasn't to get taller. Not that I wouldn't do it, but as far as I know, there's no type of surgery to do that. It doesn't exist. So what transformation am I going for? Well, to answer that, let's rewind a little bit. When I started this podcast several long Weeks ago, one of the first topics we talked about was motivation. I gave you my take, TLDR, well, actually TLDL at this point. At the very least, they're good for the initial boost, which I feel many, if not all of us, need every once in a while. But for the long haul, you need something else. Well, while searching for my motivation du jour, I came across who many proclaim to be the hardest man on the planet. Number one, grow up. Number two, don't grow up at all. But I came across a motivational talk by Mr. David Goggins. Some of you may have heard of him. Some of you may not because no one listens to my podcast. So there's some of you don't exist. Uh, When I first stumbled upon him, I thought, here we go again. Another speaker that's going to sell me hopes and dreams. So you can imagine my surprise. One of the first things he said was motivation was crap. That's a quote. My ears perked up. And my level of attention attention skyrocketed. Finally, someone who's in the motivation business who doesn't seem to subscribe to the same newsletter every other guru does. I wasn't hooked. Not yet, at least. But I was very interested to hear more. But how? Well, as fortune would have it, he had a book. I used to love to read. Up until my attention span decided to divorce me and never come back, I could be accused of being a bibliophile. (laughs) Now, whether that was from pride or prejudice, that was never an offensive thing to me. I can very much assure you that right now, that is definitely a thing of the past. I still love books in theory. I've purchased many, have a bookshelf full of them, gathering dust, begging to be read, praying for the day someone, anyone takes them off the shelf so they may stoke a mental fire and allow that individual to go on a magical journey. I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel ashamed about my lack of reading. I feel so ashamed that I try to avoid eye contact with my books, knowing that they want to ask me that one question I'll not have a good answer to. Where were you last night? I say all this to say at present, I don't read many books. I consume information. Don't get me wrong. I consume a lot of information. But just like any basic millennial, I do so on the World Wide Web, which most basic millennials wouldn't say, so give me points for that one. The relative answer to most things are right by my fingertips. Imagination is great, but so is high definition. Also, I'm much too busy being a failed everythingpreneur to read, so the likelihood of me reading his book wasn't very high. It's a book that I want to read, but don't have the time, effort, or energy to. At least I told myself in comfort. I gave it a good shot, but, you know, this reading thing is currently my kryptonite. Oh well, time to move on. Guess the universe didn't want me to read it. Funny thing about my relationship with the universe, I'm skipping over the five-minute explanation and will just say the book was made available in audio format. On my phone, I have an app, and since I recently downloaded the app, the app is offering me two free purchases on insert app here i don't get paid by them so there's no reason to plug them because once again i have no sponsors let's just say i purchased the book and my journey was set so the way to get me to actually ingest something 
is to put an audiobook. I love them. Here's why. I spend more of my time in places where I can passively listen instead of actively read. Half of my day is spent in the car, the other half is hunched over in front of a computer typing, editing videos, preparing submissions, or talking into a microphone like I'm doing right now. During most of these activities, there is some background noise, except obviously when I'm recording and even then there's some background noise, but not the kind I want. Also during my sporadic visits to the gym, I can't really go unless I have my headphones and something interesting to listen to. And even then, like I said, it's sporadic. So an audio format would be a perfect fit for me. I wasn't hooked right away, but not for lack of effort. It's not that his story wasn't interesting. His story is very interesting, actually. It's, it's really kind of crazy. But it's that due to the multitude of superhero movies, right now, I'm not really interested in origin stories, at least not nearly as I used to be. So it's like rough childhood. I get it. Okay. Everyone's been there. So for me, it probably took me a few chapters of listening for that aha moment to happen. Funny thing is, I can't actually pinpoint that moment. What I certainly do remember is the feeling of accountability in it all. Now, this also isn't a promotion for him. He's got a bestseller, and last time I checked, over 1 million followers on social media world. He's doing fine, so that's the last time you hear his name on this episode, and hopefully future episodes. But ultimately, one of the biggest takeaways for me was active accountability. Time to get a little personal. For myself, my life hasn't turned out the way I thought it would or the way I would have liked it to. And when I'm trying and failing, even I can succumb to that dark place for a moment. To be quite clear, I do not suffer from imposter syndrome. But that's going to be a topic for another podcast. I also don't suffer from overconfidence. I'd like to think I have a healthy dose of realism. It helps keep things in perspective for me and helps keep me even killed, usually. But a particularly funky week produced some feelings in me of what happened, WTF happened, what happened to the promise I once showed, what happened to the life I was supposed to live. And for a moment, just for a moment, I blame my circumstances, both internal and external. And while I do believe that circumstances do play a significant role in how one can turn out, unless you are dead, you still have time to turn out in some semblance of something you want to be, within reason. Which goes back to my physical transformation. When I said I wasn't going to mention David Goggins again earlier, I lied to you, dear listener. I knew damn well I would. Hopefully you'll forgive me, but a little bit, a little bit more. Ultimately, he wanted to accomplish something, and he had 90 days to do so. He wanted to go from almost 300 pounds to less than 200 pounds. He had 90 days to do it, and he accomplished it. Now, he did give a disclaimer, don't do what I did, what I did was crazy, etc., etc., but, I mean, he did say how he did it, and I'm trying to lose weight, as you remember from earlier, and I have less than 100 pounds to lose. I, I, I won't do exactly what he did, but maybe just maybe I can do something similar. Maybe I can kind of modify it to what I need and make it work. I mean, I've been going to the gym. I've been going to the gym regularly. Now, here's the point. Up until then, I'd been going to the gym as more of a chore rather than a purpose. And it just wasn't working. But for my mind, I was like, at some point, I'll start losing weight and then I'll be back in the groove and start like really just challenging myself, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the weight wasn't coming off and I didn't get my groove back. Unlike Stella. To me, the gym was very boring. I'm going to be honest with you. Most exercise to me is very boring. It's all varying degrees of pick things up, put things down. 
whether that be weights, the pace, or yourself from the ground. It's all just very much the same to me. All of it. But something weird happened, and I'm sure it's happened to you. Putting a purpose to my goal helped light a fire. And to find out that someone who actually did what you're trying to do in the amount of time you're trying to do it, kind of makes you feel like, well, if they did it, I can do it too. So my routine up until that point was to spend like 45 minutes in the gym, study show, bro side shows, all blah, blah, blah shows, blah, 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 blah. That same day that I started listening to audiobook, that 45 minute session turned into a four hour session, four whole hours. I can't remember the last time I spent that much time at the gym that didn't involve my friends being there or failed attempts at impressing the opposite sex. Here's the second part of what he did. He would do his routine every single day. He would take no days off, like a good friend of mine would usually say. So I said, let me also commit myself to doing every day in the gym. Right now, I only have myself as a responsibility. So my thought being, while I can, I wanna get everything out of my body that it has available to me and I don't want to waste a moment. And at first, my body responded in any way a body would respond to a significant increase in workload. It got sore. I was sore, but not injured. I've experienced sore enough to know that I can work through sore. The first week phew, flew right by. Every single day I was there, no matter what, I made it to the gym. It, you know, the time didn't matter. What else I had to do during the day didn't matter. I would make it to the gym. First week went great. I was in pain. I was sore, but I was in the game. The second week rolled around, and funny enough, some of that soreness subsided. I was doing better than the first week. Things were going well. Until one morning, I woke up, and my lower back felt like it was on fire. It was like failed surgery, like a children's board game. What's that operation? It was like failed surgery, and someone kept trying to move around the backbone part. It was like, bant, bant, bant. So it, it hurt like no other. I could barely move, but it was only two weeks into my program, so I said, let me pop some Molly and get to work. Now, in this case, Molly is pretty strong ibuprofen, but thinking back, maybe actual Molly would have been better. Kids don't do drugs unless they're fun. And although it didn't work as I desired, it worked enough for me at least to attempt the gym. Now, during this time, I couldn't, I couldn't stand up straight, not completely straight, but I was like, you don't need to stand up straight in order to do the bike and a lot of the exercise is sitting down. You just got to modify stuff. You can still be in there. So I, I sucked it up. So I told myself, there are people who wish they were healthy enough to have just back problems instead of being permanently bound to a wheelchair. So suck it up, loser, and get to work. And it worked for that day, but there's always a price to pay. And that very next day, that surgeon, that really bad surgeon I told you about, return. This time, instead of performing failed surgery, they decided to open me up and just relentlessly punch the small on my back till everything was broken. Or at least it felt that way. I couldn't move. And when I say I couldn't move, I don't mean like, oh, it hurt the move. No, I mean, I couldn't move. That's when I realized I probably wasn't hurt. I was injured. And earlier, my body was trying to tell me that. Ultimately, for two days, I was pretty much immovable on day three. I can move, but not well. Uh, and that continued for a while. Day four, day five. It's like, it's not getting better. 
I can't work out. That guy's probably really disappointed in me because he was able to do it on broken legs and broken shins and broken feet. And here I have a hurt back and I can't move. Why, why did this fail? Ultimately, while my back was killing me, I said, let me try something I've never tried before. I've always heard about them and I've researched them a little bit. This time, let me try a chiropractor. So I did what anybody would do. I did copious amounts of research. I called a lot of places. I, you know, painstakingly went over my options. I didn't do any of that. I went to Groupon and purchased the cheapest first one I could find. I'm like, I don't know enough to know what's a good chiropractor versus a bad chiropractor. But I've seen enough videos on social media to say this will probably be great. And I've seen enough situational comedy to know all I have to do is do crack, crack, crack. And I'll be able to step on out. So funny thing that happened. My back kept improving little by little until it was time to go to the chiropractor. And a homie, a homie, a friend of mine was having a birthday party. And we're all adults here. <laughs> we're all adults. He was having a birthday party at basically a trampoline park. And I'm like, oh, I have to get better for this trampoline park because there's no way I'm going to miss the trampoline park, especially as an adult. You, cra you kidding me? Dodgeball, basketball, jumping up and down and stuff. Like, you get to be, be a kid again. So I'm like, yeah, I need to hurry up and get this back fixed. So I went to the chiropractor. And the first thing they offered, it was a, it was like some sort of package deal. So I got a 60-minute massage till then. So I feel sorry for the masseuse in one way. Um, she had to work on probably the stiffest human being she's ever encountered because I am stiff. I am stiff. I'm not that flexible for a lot of reasons. This is a lot of... I'm really solid, it, whether I'm thinner or fatter. Like, I'm really dense. So, like, when someone tries to like do anything manipulate my body but especially my legs it's, it barely moves i don't know why i'm just i'm just really dense so <laughs> certain parts of the massage were definitely a fight for them here's the thing right you know and i, I didn't tell my significant other this there was not no no extra stuff no hankus pankus but i did feel like the masseuse went a little high on the thigh like a high on the thigh like a little like you know a little, like um that yeah i'll just i'll just say it was incidental i'll just say it was incidental it's just a little high on the thigh a little bit because i've had i've had massages before i've had massages before and they've been fun i mean well i mean not fun they've been they felt good not too good the adequate amount of good that a normal massage should feel that's what it felt like this one went a little higher than they did that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything else but that. It didn't go, you know, I was not expecting it to be that high. But anyway, I get done with the massage. I'm feeling so much better. I'm feeling so much better. Um, I'm like, really, I don't even know if I need the chiropractor because this massage was so great. But I already paid for it, so I'm going to do it. So the chiropractor then comes in and says, all right. I'm going to put you on this machine. I know you got a massage. I'm going to put you on this traction machine to stretch you out so we can really get the chiropractic session going in. They put me on the traction machine and turned it on. And while it was working, it felt so good. It felt like a second massage. And that was for 10 minutes, 10 minutes straight of this thing that felt like a massage. And then they stopped it and they told me get up and I couldn't, I couldn't move my lower back felt like it was actually detached from my body 
Like I, I literally, I could not move. I had to roll off the machine. And I didn't know why. It's something about contracting, expanding your spine, et cetera, et cetera. But that made it hurt so much worse than it was hurting previously. I did not know it could get worse, but it got so much worse. I was like, well, okay. Hey, I mean, you know, he's he's about to crack my back and stuff like that. So he made it worse and he's going to make it feel better. It's all going to even out. So they did. He did the uh, chiropractic exam. Saw that one shoulder dips lower than the other. One side of my pelvis is higher than the other. Whatever, whatever. So then he lays me on the chiropractic table. Crack, 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 crack. Stands me up and I don't feel any better. I feel no better. I feel so much worse after this chiropractic session than I did before. And I don't know, maybe you guys have done this out there, et cetera, et cetera, but I was not expecting to feel worse because I didn't know there was another floor to the basement level of pain that I was already on. I was like, I can't get any lower than this. Lo and behold, I almost couldn't make it out the office but somehow i made it out the office and i made it out to my car and because it was my boy's birthday party i still made it out to the trampoline park which i believe is sky zone i couldn't do any of the stuff i could barely move last thing i need is to bounce the wrong way have my spine fold in half and then all of a sudden i'm like well i had a chiropractic exam but i was still there because i told him i would be there and it's about celebrating him but that was certainly for me a wake up call at the very least. I'm not at the age where this should be happening. Not yet at least. Now, 10 years from now, sure. Hey, listen, if something doesn't bounce back like it's supposed to, I kind of understand, but I'm still at the point where certain things should still be good. So why? I think it's because I'm injured. So what I'm going to do is go to a doctor, have him x-ray my back, have him tell me, yeah, you are injured actually, or no, you're crazy, you're fine, it's just hurting. Because I need a resolution. One way or the other, I just need to know. Because if it's injured, I can fix it. If it's hurting, I can manage it. Either way. Did I start feeling better from the chiropractic exam? No. At least not the day after, or the day after that. Now the third day after it, I felt okay. And I'm back in the gym, uh, but I've I've altered the routine because I have to find a better routine. Like, there's no need for me to go hard one session if for the next three days I can't go back into the gym. I can't go back to exercise. So I've got to find a better routine. But my goal is still the same. But just like there's different airlines, there's different cruise ships, there's different mode of transportations. I, the vehicle in which I choose to get there is going to have to be different. It's not the vehicle that I thought I was going to get there in, but I'm still going to get there. And that's the lesson I got from all this because I'm I'm at the point where I try to find a lesson in everything. One thing you do know about me is I'm a creator. One of those creative endeavors was writing a book. I wrote a book, got some feedback on it, was told it was pretty good, find an agent, or find a publisher, find both, find either. It's good. Here's some revisions. Here's some more revisions. 
go forth, my child. I was never able to find uh, an agent or a publisher to take on that book. And that's always what I thought it would happen. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm creative. Other people tell me I'm pretty good at writing so far. So I create this piece of work and I, you know, I, I throw the submissions in. Of course, I'm going to get a certain number of rejections, but someday one person is going to see the talent and take the risk on me. And then I'll be on the bestseller list like that dude from earlier. And I'm going to make the money or some money. And then I'll be kind of be an author and I can ride off into the sunset. It didn't happen that way. But just because it didn't happen that way doesn't mean that it can't happen or it won't happen. So what I've decided, I'm going to go the self-publishing route. Why am I going to go the self-publishing route? Lots of reasons. Now, before, I never wanted to go the self-publishing route. Why? Because everyone self-publishes. That's not true, but a lot of people do, and you never hear about them. They get their work out there, but no one ever picks up. It's rare that someone ever really gain steam with the self-publishing book for a lot of reasons for a lot of reasons but to me the main reason of is lack of support whether that be from those close to you or somebody picks it up like it just doesn't happen but just because it doesn't normally happen doesn't mean it won't happen for you and if nobody's giving your work more than a precursory glance why not do it yourself why not what do you have to lose and you may just win sad to say that even though there are other roads that don't seem available to me, doesn't mean that I'm going to stop the journey. Because this is something that I really want. And if it's something that I really want, I have to exhaust all options so I can know, hey, I tried everything that I could. What I do know is what I've written is at least as good as the worst thing that's been written out there. If you already know that, you have nowhere to go but up from there. And at this stage, no one's reading my book anyway. So what do I have to lose? Nothing. So I'm going to go for it. Now, I don't know anything about self-publishing, except it doesn't work for a lot of people. But it works for some. And honestly, all I needed to do is work for one. And that one is me. And who knows? Even though this book might not become a bestseller, maybe an agent does pick it up and look at it and say, well, this book doesn't do it for me, but... I'm interested in other things you have. It might provide other opportunities. It may provide other ways for me to get where I'm trying to go. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not quitting and instead just changing the plan slightly because life is about adjustments. So for those of you out there that are pursuing some sort of goal, big or small, just keep going. You may not get there in the way that you originally planned or the backup plan or even the backup backup plan, but you owe it to yourself to do everything you can to give yourself every chance to accomplish that goal. And hey, guess what? If no one else does. I believe in you. So you got at least one person in your corner. Let's go. What are you waiting for? I wish I could end there, but my mom always taught me not to be rude. So I have to thank you for listening to this episode and every episode of the All The Good Names Are Taken podcast. I won't let you down, so please don't give me up. You got to have some faith in the sound because I would love to stick around. I'll see you next time.